Welcome back, friends. Lascarf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the people behind making Kirby, and the show Kirby right back at you. If you want to follow us, we're on uh, Twitter as at Kirby Dreamcast. There we will do the occasional tweet about the podcast, and also we'll mainly follow a bunch of Kirby fan artists and retweet their art, because Kirby fan arts are amazing. You can currently find the podcast on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play Music. The main difference between YouTube and the others is that we have visuals to enhance the podcast, but they shouldn't be required since this is a podcast. But when it comes to the video game specific ones, it's definitely recommended to watch them because there's going to be a lot of stuff on screen for you to see, especially when it comes like the Easter eggs. So it's pretty nice for that. First up, uh, I need to make a correction on Kirby's Adventure. I've always known the Mr. Sun, Mr. New Moon, and I've said that, but uh, I said I called them Mr. Sun, Mr. Moon in the Kirby's Adventure podcast. They're known as Mr. Bright and Mr. Shine, respectively, and that'll be important for this episode because they will be in the pinball game. Uh, some other news is Kirby 64 came out on the 24th of March in Japan uh, in the year 2000, while it came out in the US on the 26th of June, which was a while back. So happy birthday, North American Kirby 64. So today's episode is going to cover the third Kirby game, Kirby's Pinball Land. Japanese title, Kabi no Pinbaru. It is the first of the spin-off games and starts up a streak of spin-offs for a while. The fourth game is Kirby's Dream Course, which is a mini-golf uh, with special powers, which is so fun. The fifth game is going to be Kirby's Avalanche, which is Puyo Puyo with Kirby's Charm, and then the sixth game will be Kirby's Dream Land 2. So we get three spin-offs before the next mainline Kirby game, and then it's going to be Kirby's Block Ball, Kirby's Toy Box, and finally my favorite, Kirby's Superstar. And that's the thing to mention is Kirby's Toy Box. I don't know how we're going to cover that one since that was Japan only, and it was... Not a lot of people played it because it was on a specific thing. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. As always, when it comes to talking about Kirby games, we'll be talking about it in sections, by the way. So first up will be the history of HAL up to this point, since the last game we talked about. The making of Kirby's Pinball Land, the reception of Kirby's Pinball Land, and finally we go in deep on Kirby's Pinball Land itself. Going over every detail, every interesting fact about the game, Easter eggs, just everything. But unfortunately, Kirby's Pinball Land doesn't have a lot of information. But I'll give you what I can find. When it comes to sources, I read a bunch of articles about HAL and Kirby during the time period that I can find. Everything I use is based on English translation sources, though. Thankfully, Satoru Iwata really liked taking interviews, so there's a lot of information on HAL from his interviews and him in general. So that'd be really useful here and there and everywhere. So that's great there. So first up, the history of HAL since Kirby's Adventure. So... Kirby's Adventure came out in March of 1993. Kirby's Pinball Land comes out in November of 1993 as well. There isn't much information found here, so I'll reiterate some things. If you want the history of HAL up to Kirby's Adventure, refer to Kirby's Dream Land and uh, go from there. So HAL went into 6 billion yen debt, but was rescued by Nintendo and turned into a second-party developer. They made the legendary Satoru Iwata the president of HAL because they believe in him, and he set out to get HAL out of a tough spot. They would succeed in four years, by the way, by paying Nintendo back 1.5 billion yen a year. Kirby's Dreamland was a huge success around that time, and it put HAL in a good spot, so they moved forward with Kirby's sequels and spin-offs to ride that wave. And since, you know, HAL is mostly known for Kirby games, yeah, it really worked out and it's gone very well for them. So Kirby's Adventure came out on the NES, and another project was being worked on at the same time, and that was a spin-off, Kirby's Pinball Land. An unfortunate problem when it comes to the history of this spinoff is finding any information on it. There wasn't a lot of hype or fanfare over this game that I can find, which is unfortunate because it's really good. It looks like most of the focus was on Kirby's adventure, and then they took a break, especially because Masahiro Sakurai didn't work on this game. His next major credit for Kirby won't be until Kirby's Superstar. 
That's right. He didn't work on Dreamland 2. He didn't work on any of the spinoffs. He didn't come back to this until Superstar. That is quite a bit of time. So the credits for Kirby's Pinball Land are as follows. The staff are Takao Shimizu, which is the producer, Tadashi Ikigami, which is sound composer, Shigeru Miyamoto as producer, Kei Nakajima as staff, Tetsuya Mochizuki as staff, Satori Wada as producer, Shoshiki uh, Suzuki as programmer, and Shinichi Shimomura as designer. Now that's the important one to mention is Shinichi Shimomura will be an important name to remember because he will later become director of some of Kirby's games, taking Sakurai's place. We'll have to do an episode on him someday as well, because we're going to do an episode on Sakurai and on Iwata, and we got to do one on him for, for sure. He was also the map designer of Kirby's Adventure, and will be the map designer of Kirby's Dream Course. Essentially, most of the early Dark Matter stuff is his doing as well. Kirby's Pinball Land was actually Hal's third pinball game. Their previous pinball games were Rollerball and Revenge of the Gator. I actually own Revenge of the Gator, and it was a very fun game for its time. I remember playing it and remember it fondly. Kirby's Pinball Land has clear influences from that game, by the way. And I'll go into more detail about Kirby's Pinball Land soon, but the obvious influences are the multi-screen tables, screen objectives to get to the next screen, bonus games, means of blocking the gutters and drain, dancing gators, Kirby's, and unlocking and playing bonus games. Gator only had one stage of four screens, while Kirby's Pinball Land has three stages with four screens, and then there's a final boss screen with King Dedede, and there's a boss screen with each of these screens as well. So each stage has like five screens of the three, and then King Dedede has just his boss screen. So you get a lot there. That's about 16 screens of pinball action. That's a lot. That's pretty good. I'm actually surprised there's no Gator Easter eggs, by the way, in this game. So that's where we are with HAL until Kirby's Dream Course on the SNES in 1994. You can see how heavily they relied on Kirby to save HAL, by the way, just from seeing just how what their game list is. And by the way, yeah, Kirby's Dream Course is the first SNES game for Kirby. My memory my, that I falsely remembered was that the first game was Kirby Superstar, but I'm wrong. It's actually Kirby's Dream Course, which is another game I love, so I can't wait to talk about that one when it comes up. So with Kirby's Pinball Land, they refined their pinball engine and would be so good that years later, another Nintendo great would use their engine for their pinball game. Can you guess which one it is? That's right, it's Pokemon Pinball. It uses Kirby's Pinball Land engine. That is such a cool thing to know. That is just such a cool thing to know. There were some magazine and TV advertising for Kirby's Pinball Land. In Japan, their ad was bombastic and upbeat, while the US was very, very weird. Like, really weird. It's odd when the US is considered the weird ad, by the way, because, you know, Japan. But someday we'll have to do a video on the advertising difference between US and Japan. Same for the box art difference. Speaking of that, the visual difference between the two here isn't bad. The Japanese box art is a lot more busy than the US one. Probably why they elected to make their own box art, because there's a lot going on with the Japanese one. Holy crap. Kirby's Pinball Land came out on November 27th, 1993 in Japan, and three days later in the US. It'll get released again on 3DS Virtual Console in 2012, and it actually comes out in the US first that time, which is weird. The game came out to favorable reviews, averaging around 70%. It's a pinball game, so not something for everyone after all. But reviewers appreciated how good it was for a pinball game, and Kirby's Pinball Land actually sold 2.19 million copies. Adventure only sold 1.75 million. But this is something to keep in mind is Kirby's Adventure came out late in the NES lifecycle, especially because the SNES was already out. So that's not a bad performance. 1.75 million copies sold when the SNES is already out and the NES is on the way out. That's pretty good. Also, the Game Boy was a beast for its time. 
It was the first portable gaming console, and keep in mind, this is pre-Pokemon by three years. That game would make the Game Boy even more popular, holy crap. So before we dive into the game, let's talk about the box and game manual. Here's what the back of the box said. Worlds of Pinball, fun in the palm of your hand. Choose your world and take aim. Kirby will be launched into the fast-paced dangers of uncharted worlds, but you can help him face his foes head-on. It's a pinball race to check out each new world's surprises, enemies, and pitfalls. Flip Kirby in battles against lethal eyeballs, a shooting tree, and mace-swinging maniacs. Take aim and leap to new worlds. You know, there's no mace-swinging enemies in this game. So sometimes the US side of things didn't seem like they played the game in depth, I guess? The lethal eyeball is definitely Krako, shooting tree is Wispy, and I guess the mace swing is Poppy Bros Senior? Like, he throws balls, so I'm guessing they only saw the part where he's holding the bomb, and they thought the bomb being thrown was a mace. I, that's the only guess I've got. That's the only guess I've got. Those are three balls in the game, so I guess. Or the, the mace could be Gordo's? Or they thought King Didi's hammer was a mace, but that hammer doesn't even show up in the game? I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Now, the manual, and oh man, this is back when manuals were a thing. Game manuals, oh, there's just so many pages. You can actually find this manual online. It's a really cute manual, and it gives you a ton of information. It actually gives you information about every stage. It's really nice. But the color scheme for the book itself is varying shades of pink with white and black. Black for text, of course. And here's what the book says about the game. Welcome to Kirby's Pinball Land. Kirby, your pudgy buddy from Dreamland, is back again on Game Boy. This time, the game is pinball, and Kirby will have to face King Dedede and his bosses, who guard the three pinball lands. In order to defeat King Dedede and his three bosses, Kirby becomes a pinball. This allows him to fight effectively in the pinball lands. Each a magical land with all kinds of tricks and bonuses. How high can you score? Can Kirby defeat King Dedede again? Let's find out. Okay, Kirby, turn to a pinball and get ready for a wacky pinball battle. <laughs> That's the manual. A nice thing about the manual, again, like I said, is that's in-depth. It completely explains the layout of every stage and diagrams it, too. It's very nice for that. It shows you who the bosses are, and that defeating them all leads to King Deity. It even explains every detail, like how to unlock the means to each area, bonus stage, and advancing the boss fights. If you had this manual, you didn't have to guess how things worked. You knew it. A great thing about the game as well was that you could save your game at any time and come back to play it again later. Helping with the gaming on the go, and whenever you have time as aspect of Game Boy Gaming. So it's time to get into the game, and I'm going to describe the game as a story, because with Kirby's the main character of the story, it should be a lot of fun to just describe it that way, and so he's just saying, and this level had these things, this is the... It's still going to be like that, but as a story. But before we get there, there's one more thing to mention, that is the title screen Easter egg. And when you start the game, the title screen is up. If you wait long enough, it'll go to the score screen, and the default scores are Zephira, Fasali, Dendrub and Gerbera. And these are all references to Mobile Suit Gundam 0083, and these are the names of mobile suits used by the protagonist and antagonist. Them being the GPO1 Zephrantith, GPO2 uh, Fisalis, GPO3 Dendrobium, and Gerbera Tetra. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I, that, there's no way that's Jabra. That's, that's gotta be Jabera. So, Gundam 0083 is not one of the Gundams I've seen. I've seen a bunch of Gundam, not that one. War in the Pocket, I think, is one of my favorite ones. And Wing's also a good one. So now we're going to begin the story. Kirby is just walking around in Dreamland when King Dedede shows up and jumps on Kirby's head, which is, you know, mean, but, you know, Kirby forgets pretty quick. He then summons a means to Pinball Land and leaves. Kirby turns into Ball Kirby and follows because there's no way King Dedede is up to not bad things. 
Eventually, Kirby finds himself in a launch pad with a cannon and three warp stars. Kirby can see that each warp star leads to a different pinball land. One defended by Wispy Woods with some helpers like Cappy, UFO, and Kaboo. A land defended by Krakow with Scary and Cloudy. And lastly, a land defended by Poppy Bros Sr. with Mr. Frosty and Squishy holding Chicks hostage. Not very nice, that, what they're doing there. Kirby decides to see his old enemy, Wispy Woods, first and blast into that warp star. So, at Wispy Woods, uh, real quick, just mentioning, uh, the, this is the only stage with a unique theme music that's nothing from another game. And we won't really hear this song again until the Kirby Ball Medley, which is performed by the Tokyo Philharmonic Orchestra for the 25th Anniversary Orchestra Concert. It's my favorite one from the game, too, so I'm surprised it never gets used again in the future. So at Wispy Woods' table, Kirby first encounters the bottom screen of the table. There he faces off against a floating Mumby, and a strong Kaboo with three weak Kaboos on the left side, and then three more on the right side of the walls, and a Gordo guarding each set. Kirby notices etchings on the floor. There's Kirby triplets laying and in the word Warp Star on the etchings as well. Kirby flies off with the help of flippers and goes over to the Kirby etchings, and it makes them stand. Kirby goes over them again and they raise their arms, and together they summon a Maxim Tomato to block the big drain at the bottom of the table, but only temporarily. Also, if Kirby hits the etchings again and makes them all flat again, the tomato instantly leaves, so Kirby's careful about that. Kirby also finds that if he goes into one of the side lanes that goes to the flippers, it'll create a pump to block the opposing gutter. Kirby then bounces up and hits Kaboo, and it stuns Kaboo, but does nothing more. Kirby will need to do something else to move this one. Kirby hits the Gordos and bounces off. There's no affecting them, and the spikes really hurt. So Kirby then hits the Mumbies as they fly around uh, back and forth, and discovers that the more he hits them, the more the word Warp Star is spelled out. So Kirby hits the Mumbies enough time to spell out and get the Warp Star to appear over Kaboo's head. But Kirby just got here. He's not trying to leave. So Kirby goes for the only thing left in the room, the six wall Kaboos. Crash! As Kirby hits each Kaboo, they break into pieces, and once Kirby hits all six, the center Kaboo breaks as well, and Kirby sees a star platform. There, Kirby gets on it, and with the right timing, launches himself up to the next screen. In the middle screen, Kirby sees a very unexpected sight. It's a very big Kirby at the top! And above his head is the word slot. There's two Gordos on the opposite ends of the table, and a big hole behind each. In the center is a slot board that can show Warp Stars, Waddle Doos, Maxim Tomatoes, and Dancing Kirbys. Kirby learns that if he flies into the slot words over the big Kirby, it mixes up the board. And if he gets three different things, a UFO flies out from one hole into the other. He also sees that the big Kirby will face each of the three slot boards at a given time, and if he bounces into the big Kirby at the right time, it'll change that part of the board. With this knowledge, Kirby gets three Maxim Tomatoes, and it summons a UFO with a Maxim Tomato behind it. Kirby hits a tomato and the UFO, and now has a drain stopper. With his extra protection, Kirby experiments more and tries to see what the three Waddle Doos do. Oh no, it makes the tomato leave! Kirby almost falls through the drain, but recovers. Kirby then goes for the three dancing Kirbys, and the big Kirby puts his arms up in the air. Kirby gets up there and falls into the big Kirby's mouth, who then spits Kirby up into the third screen. There, Kirby is too surprised by the launch and falls back to the middle screen. Kirby figures there's only one thing he hasn't done, and he gets three stars. The UFO comes out with a warp star and Kirby gets on it, and it warps Kirby into the bonus game. Kirby lands into a breakthrough game with pinballs. Here, Kirby splits into two and fires himself up at the blocks to break them and try to take out the monster behind the blocks. First, it's a Waddle Dee. After taking him down, the blocks reform and Kirby makes his way and defeats a Broom Hatter. After defeating them, a 1-Up appears behind the blocks and Kirby gets that and gets a 1-Up, an extra life. Kirby keeps getting at it and just keeps hitting things and knocking them over, 
But if Kirby falls, he does get another chance because he's actually timed here. Kirby has 60 seconds to break as many blocks as he can and get to the monster behind and make the board again and again and continue the loop as much as he wants, which means Kirby can get a lot of one-ups here if he's lucky and skilled here. By the way, again, uh, this level is strongly based on a bonus stage in Revenge of the Gator, which is most of the same thing, just a little different. And each block gives progressively more points. Eventually, the blocks give bonus points and multiplier points before looping back. And then the 30-second timer runs out, and a warp star appears, and Kirby lands into it and warps to the top screen. There, Kirby finds an interesting sight. This time he sees two Kirbys opposite of each other in the corners, each holding a twister, and three Cappies dancing in the center. A bounder on each side wall of the screen as well, and a Slippy hopping around with an apple. It's really weird. Kirby bounces off the bounders, then goes around the walls to the Kirbys to spin their twisters. Kirby finds that if he spins the twisters enough, the item that Slippy jumps with changes. Sometimes it's invincibility candy, which just gives points, but if the twister spins are enough, it gives a maximum tomato. And with the help of that, Kirby focuses on the Cappies in the center. Kirby hits the Cappies and makes them lose their hats. After a while, the Cappies will sink back into their holes and get a hat back. But if Kirby hits them fast enough, which he does this time, he takes down all three Cappies, and by making them all hide, a black Warp Star appears with Slippy. Kirby flies into the Warp Star and flies off to the first boss battle. Kirby finds himself facing a familiar face. It's Wispy Woods! Kirby bounces and hits Wispy over and over, trying not to fall down the drain where a Warp Star is waiting to send him back to the top screen. Wispy Woods breathes wind blasts down the center, trying to knock Kirby down to the Warp Star, and it almost works, but Kirby's able to keep on. He also drops apples at Kirby to block him, but worst of all, Wispy also drops Gordos, and if Kirby misses one, it disables a flipper for a while. Luckily recovers before Kirby falls into the Warp Star, but it can be dangerous. With enough bouncing and effort, Kirby defeats Wispy Woods and collects a star rod from him. Kirby then does a dance and finds himself back at the board selection. This time there's only two warp stars, and instead of a warp star of Wispy's board, there's a sphere that alternates between the letters E, X, T, R, and A. Kirby hits it and sees an X appear on the board. Then Kirby flies into the Krakow warp star. So to explain this, if you spell the word extra, you get an extra ball. So it's another way to get one-ups. So, this is what makes Warp Stars so useful, is that you can just change to a different board if you get bored with the board you're on, or you use it to just keep going to the stage select so you can keep getting more extra lives. So that's not a bad thing. Kirby then lands in Krakow's board, and things feel more cloudy. And the music here is an altered version of Bubbly Clouds theme. Falling to the bottom screen, with a Scarfy in the center, and a pair of Bumpin' Boos and Gordos in each corner. The Gordos float around, and a Bumpin' Boo will float around each one, and then Kirby sees a silhouette of Kirby tri triplets that are falling from the sky. When Kirby goes over them, he helps them get upright, and by doing so, gets a maximum tomato to stop the drain to protect him. He then finds that if he hits the booze, they spell Warp Star. He then crashes into Scarfy until their name is spelled, and Scarfy splits into three Scarfies. Kirby finds that if he hits the lower two, they knock him into the bumpers, which frazzles him. But he realizes that if he hits the top, they knock him up into the next screen. In the middle screen, Kirby sees a big, timid version of himself surrounded by clouds. There's two cloudies, one on each wall, and a Nimbus floating back and forth overhead. Kirby finds that when he hits the cloudies, they summon enemies to hit. So then Kirby decides to try out what he can get from the cloudies. So Kirby hits a cloudy, and an apple comes out. Kirby's hungry, so he goes right for it. Then the next cloudy hit makes a Twizzy come out, and Kirby smashes that. Then a Gordo, which also gets hit by Kirby, but the spikes surprise and hurt Kirby. Ow. Then a Maxim Tomato to stop the drain. Then a Bronto Pert to smash as well. Then lastly, a Warp Star comes out, and the big Kirby pulls out their parasol for the Warp Star to sit on. 
Side note, eventually the rain and warp can time out, with Big Kirby putting their parasol away. Also, Warp Star takes priority over rain, so if it's raining and you get the Warp Star, then the rain will stop. So Kirby hops on the Warp Star and flies into the bonus game. Now this bonus game is interesting. There's a Kirby standing in the clouds and food floating below him. Kirby can be hit by the various foods to feed the Kirby in the clouds. Uh, that's Ball Kirby, that is, that hits them. They give points and other bonuses. There's also cake, uh, mint leaves, candy, bombs. Wait, bombs? Oh no, Kirby hit one up and now I eat... The other Kirby is eating it and blowing up! Oh good, they recovered. Oh no, Kirby had another bomb! This isn't so good! After 60 seconds of food fun, Kirby falls into a warp star at the drain and flies to the top screen. <laughs> up in the top screen, Kirby sees Mr. Bright floating around at the top with clouds protecting him, and a Chucky hopping around. Kirby hits the Chucky a couple times and gets a maximum tomato out of it. Then Kirby goes after Mr. Bright. Whenever he hits the clouds in the way, they leave and go somewhere else, and Kirby has a clear shot to hit Mr. Bright. After three hits, Mr. Bright is defeated and Kirby gets surprised when it looks like night has fallen. Mr. Shine floats in the top left corner and is protected by stars. Chucky gets replaced by Hurley, who bounces around higher than Chucky. Kirby hits Hurley a few times and gets another Maxim Tomato out of them, too. Then Kirby breaks the stars in the way and hits Mr. Shine three times to defeat him. Finally, a black warp star flies around and Kirby grabs onto it to go fight Cracko. At first, Kirby goes up against Cracko Jr., who spins their ends around really fast and rams at Kirby. Eventually they slow down though and it gives Kirby an opening and Kirby takes it. After smashing Krakow Jr. four times, they transform into a fully formed Krakow. The Krakow summons flappers to attack Kirby and blast the closest flipper with lightning until Kirby hits Krakow to free the flipper. This keeps up until Kirby finally crashes through Krakow, bursting the cloud and grabbing the key. Kirby then does a dance and warps back to the selection area where now there's two chances to get extra letters, before flying off into Poppy Bros Land. Kirby warps into Poppy Bros Land and falls to the bottom screen, with an altered version of Green Green's theme playing in the background. There he faces off against Mr. Frosty in the center, with a chili dancing left and right between two Gordos overhead. There's also the silhouettes of three sleeping Kirbys on the board. Kirby helps these Kirbys wake up and gains a maximum tomato for it. Next, Kirby beats up Chili to get a warp star. Then Kirby attacks Mr. Frosty, who repels Kirby, but it makes his pants fall, which he has to adjust. Doing this enough time spills out the word Frosty, which then makes Frosty grab Kirby and throw him wherever Kirby times the throw. But Kirby has to be careful, because if he times it wrong, Kirby can be thrown down the drain. Luckily, Kirby gets thrown up to the next screen. In the middle screen, Kirby sees something surprising. There's two big Kirbys! There's a stuffed Kirby on the left side who's daydreaming, and a hungry Kirby on the right side who just really wants food. There's a path along a wall behind both of those Kirbys, by the way. And then in the center, there is a big plate with a K, and then under that are two Poppy Bros Juniors who put up bombs to get in Kirby's way. So if he doesn't knock the Poppy Bros down fast enough, they get in the away with those bombs, which they'll keep doing, which does get annoying. Kirby finds that if he hits the uh, stuffed Kirby, who's daydreaming about different items, it makes those items appear. So Kirby is able to summon apples, sparkies, gordos, maximum tomatoes, squishy squid, and a warp star from the stuffed Kirby, and very, very rarely, a 1-Up. The Gordo hurts Kirby when Kirby summons it, but luckily the Hungry Kirby eats it happily, and anything else, so Kirby has to be careful if he doesn't want to feed the Hungry Kirby at the wrong time. Kirby gets bonus points if he hits Sparky, and then... Kirby summons Squishy and goes for a kill, but instead he gets grabbed by Squishy, and gets thrown up into the top stage. Kirby didn't expect this and was totally surprised, and he falls back down to the middle screen. But he then gets a Warp Star out of the stuffed Kirby and grabs onto it to go to the bonus game. Here, Kirby splits into two balls and fires himself against another Squishy in a game of soccer. 
So for 60 seconds, you have to try to shoot Kirby past a Squishy, who is playing as goalie. And this is my favorite one. This is a really fun one. I like this one a lot. It's just, it's just fun. After this fun game, Kirby falls into a warp star and flies to the top screen. There he runs into his old enemy, Cluck. <laughs> who Kirby can beat up over and over and over again until it gets him a maximum tomato. And then he just beats him up some more if he wants. There's also three eggs in the back, higher up on the screen, with Poppy Bros Juniors slowly marching towards them. Kirby slaps the Poppy Bros Juniors away and cracks open two of the eggs, but only partially cracks the third and can't break it open in time before a Poppy Bros Jr. shows up and fixes the egg. The eggs that were opened up reveal chicks who then run into the back. Kirby then cracks open the third and final egg, and that chick leaves as well. And then all three chicks come out with items for Kirby. One brings an apple, another brings a bomb, and the last brings out a black warp star. Kirby grabs it and flies off to fight Poppy Bros Sr. At the boss stage, Kirby crashes into Poppy Bros Sr. as he hops around and tries to throw bombs to disable the flipper. After three hits, Poppy Bros Sr. reveals he's actually two Poppy Bros Seniors, which is really surprising. And both jump around and throw bombs to disable the flippers together, which means both can get disabled, which would be really bad for Kirby. But eventually, Kirby bounces into them and the bombs enough times to make them explode and catches a key and dances. Now, with all three stages finished, Kirby grabs onto a new warp star and squares off against the final boss, King Dedede. At first, King Dedede is dancing in the center of a spotlight and throws bombs at the flippers to disable them. After enough beating, King Dedede then puffs up and bounces back at Kirby, so now it's a bounce battle. He then summons lightning to shock the flippers. With enough perseverance, though, Kirby eventually knocks King Dedede off the stage. And finally, Kirby has conquered all the stages and goes to give King Dedede a good thrashing. He gave Kirby some trouble. He wasn't up to anything good, and Kirby has now stopped him. But before Kirby can finish off King Dedede, a Kaboo crushes Kirby, and all the monsters flee. And UFO relieves as well, but they drop a warp star behind, and Kirby grabs it and goes back to the screen select to stop King Dedede again. And maybe this time it'll be enough. Unfortunately not, it's an infinite loop. So storyline-wise, either Kirby just gets tired of all this, or King Dedede gets tired of getting beat up. I believe the second one. It's an infinite game because, of course, you know, pinball and you want to keep getting your score up, so that's what happens there. And so that is the end of the story. Some random things to mention is this is the fastest speedrun game of any Kirby game, and that speed is 5.45. 5 minutes and 45 seconds, that is. There are cheat codes that you can do for bonus games and boss-only modes, so that's cool that you can do that as well. And uh, last thing to mention is the craziest Easter egg that not a lot of people know about, and it's not easy to get. So you have to beat King DDD first. And what that does is it allows you these easter eggs which can make you get a summon of Blade Knight, Axe Knight, and Meta Knight on the screen. By the way, this is the only appearance of Meta Knight on the Game Boy. So Blade Knight shows up if you spin the UFO spinners long enough in Wispy Woods. Poppy Bros Sr. will show up in the Poppy Bros Sr. stage. Axe Knight will show up if you break all the eggs. And for Meta Knight, uh, that's at Krakow stage and you have to break all the stars without beating Mr. Shine. You do that and Meta Knight shows up. And for each of them, the mic sound happens. It's very weird. It's very, it's just very kind of scary when you don't see it coming. It's, it's something else. But this is the only appearance of Meta Knight in the Game Boy. Oh, something I didn't mention is what happens if you fall down the drain. So if you fall down the drain, you get to play the launch game that's been in almost every Kirby game. So Kirby falls on a platform and that will bounce back up. And if you hit A at the right time, it'll fly Kirby back into the stage. And if you do at the perfect time, it puts Kirby all the way back to the top screen. But every time you fall down, that platform gets smaller and weaker with each usage, eventually to a point that you can't use it anymore. And this is something I think is just genius, because it allows you to have more 
balls kind of at this game, especially if you're a kid who's not very good at this game. It gives you more chances, and that's great right there. One last thing to mention is that you get a funny Kirby dance every 500,000 points earned. I don't know when the dances repeat, since I've only scored about 3 million, but each one was different and very cute, and I loved it very much. Maybe you can see how high you can get a score to see for yourself, and just see what the dances are. So that right there is everything there is to know about Kirby's Pinball Land. Like, every fact, every easter egg, every interesting tidbit, I found everything I could. I spent like a month on this. I spent so much time on this spinoff game. I really like this game a lot, and I'm really happy I get to talk about it. And yeah, I just, I enjoyed it as a kid, I enjoyed it now as an adult, and it's great. I just, I just enjoy it. I kind of wish Pal did more pinball games. I'd love it if we just saw another Kirby pinball game. Why not? That'd be fun. And so we're now the end of the, and so now we're at the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. And if you listen through iTunes, please give a review. As always, you can find us on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play Music, trying to get on other platforms. Now, when it comes to YouTube, like I said before, there's more visuals there, but we try not to make it that you, you are required to watch it. But for the game ones, it's probably way better to watch it than only listen to it. But uh, that's it for this podcast. So next episode, we'll cover episode 21 of Kirby's Right Back at You Anime. And it's an interesting episode. As always, I had fun talking about Kirby, and I hope you had fun watching and or listening. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time. (laughs) 